You're listening to Epic Catharsis, Storytelling Do's and Don'ts, the podcast where an expert and an in-law discuss storytelling and how it could lead you to catharsis. Hey, I'm your host, Tyler, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dan Harmon story structure. Unfortunately, today, again, Kelly could not join me, so I'm here by myself, um, but we're going to try to chug through this and see if I can keep this a little bit interesting for you guys. Now, when it comes to storytelling, most people have different approaches that they take. Some people like to have a strict structure to how they write their story, a clear outline, beginning, middle, end, and some people like George R. R. Martin, just enjoy the process of writing down the story and having it come to them as they write. And if they go into it with a structure, they feel too constrained, like they can't just let their imagination branch out and have fun. However, when we look at traditional structure for storytelling, there was a huge fundamental book that came out by Joseph Campbell called The Hero's Journey. And through this, he talks about kind of this narrative arc that most stories and myths throughout history follow. There's about 11 steps to this, so I'm not going to go too into this detail, but this original arc and structure from the hero's journey talks about how you start off in an ordinary place, you get this call to adventure, you don't want to go to it, you meet this mentor, you, you go on this journey, having all these tests and enemies and allies, and then you go through your main ordeal, you get your reward, and you come back to the reality or back to this this plane of where you started with a changed outcome. And so basically what Dan Harmon did, and for those of you who don't know real quick, Dan Harmon is the famous creator of Rick and Morty. And as much as some people do enjoy Rick and Morty, some people don't. Um, it's you know can be kind of pretty crude, and some people just don't like that type of storytelling. However, what Dan has done in that story is give us this consistent example of this story structure that he termed. And essentially what he did is he took this 11-step structure from the hero's journey and he boiled it down into eight easy steps that he follows on all of his stories and can be plugged and played into each episode, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to give a brief overline of the eight steps and I'm going to give you several examples of different movies and TV shows that follow this example. So the eight steps, number one, we're going to start with a zone of comfort. This is basically where you get introduced to the character, you find out what it's like to be them, and figure out what world they're living in. Who are they? And the second step, they want something. The character wants to change, or maybe he doesn't want to change, but he wants something that's going to put him on his path that's going to cause the change of the character later on. Step three is when they cross that threshold into that unfamiliar situation and they start on their journey going away from their zone of comfort. Step four is where they get the trials and they adapt to the situations that are thrown at them. This is usually where you have, you know, the, the cliff where they just, they keep falling down and they can't seem to get their feet back under them. And in step five and six, they're kind of connected. Step five is where the character gets what they wanted. However, step six is the understanding that you have to pay a heavy price for what you wanted. So even if the hero at the end of the day saves the day, it has to have some sort of a cost, whether it's an internal cost, whether it's a physical cost, and this helps the character change and grow into who they are. Step seven is when they return to the familiar situation. 
and they cross back over that threshold into the world that they started with. And step eight, the finale, they have changed. The character has undergone some sort of a change, whether it be strength, physical, or whether it just be internal, the way they see something. It could be something very minute, but there has to be some sort of a change. Now, there are stories that we can talk about in a different episode where the character isn't supposed to change. He changes the people around him. But for now, we're going to stick with the traditional the main character changes throughout the story. So let's go through some examples real quick so you guys can get a better understanding of this. I think the best place to start off with is in Rick and Morty. I mean, this is the best example that Dan Harmon gives to us because it's his series where he's practiced and perfected this method. So let's talk about an episode of Rick and Morty where... For those who don't know, Rick is the older scientist in the story, and Morty is his little grandson that he pulls on all of his adventures. And we're going through one of these adventures in step one. We're learning who the main character of this episode is going to be, and it's almost always Morty. And in this episode, it is Morty. And they're going through just a regular episode of starting out with some science, you know, space exploration type stuff. And this is Morty's comfort. You know, there's nothing that's abnormal to him. Everything is something that he's seen before until he finds out that Rick is an arms dealer. Which isn't completely out of the realm of possibilities for Morty, but just seeing it for the first time, Morty suddenly has this consciousness of guilt of like, oh my gosh, Rick is, you know, selling weapons to kill somebody. And so it's more of this ethical problem for Morty. And that's where we go into step two in this episode where Morty wants to change that. He wants to undo this this ethical problem that he's seeing with Rick. He wants to go and stop the guy from getting killed. You know, start the episode out, Morty's fine, Rick sells somebody a gun, and Morty says, oh no, I have to stop this. So Morty goes and stops the guy who's going to use the gun to kill somebody, and that's kind of where they get into this unfamiliar situation, and into step three. Because now that he's gone on his own to try to fix this situation, he accidentally kills the assassin by running, you know, the spaceship into him. And so, having crossed his threshold, Morty has successfully completed step three and now has to take responsibility for his actions. So, he jumps into step four where he has to adapt to everything that happens. So the new situation that Morty's in, in this new world, is he's face-to-face with this alien gas entity that was going to be killed. And so Morty's still thinking that this is the the ethical right choice. He frees the alien gas from space jail, and they jump in the spaceship and leave. So this is where Morty gets what he wanted. He saved the life, and everything is great. This is step five, except for the fact that one, we know how the story goes for the plot line of this structure, as well as the fact that we still have a good 10 or more ep- minutes left of this episode. And this is where the heavy price comes into it. So in order to learn a lesson, you have to feel like you're getting the right thing, or you have to feel like you've won something for reality, and, and that's a loose term, but for reality to jump back in and say, no, we haven't learned something until something bad happens. So in this heavy price, Morty finds out that this alien gas that he had saved is actually going to come back into the reality with all of the other alien gas friends and slaughter everybody. So once Morty has realized this heavy price, then that's where we jump into step seven, the return to the familiar situation. 
Morty has realized that this alien gas is an evil creature and he was going to destroy, you know, most of the life in the universe and Morty has to put a stop to it. And it's, it's a big ethical problem where Morty realizes that, you know, the one, one life is not as important as the millions and millions out there. And he has to make that decision. So he's stepping back into this familiar situation because he's stepped back from this adventure with the alien gas. He's no longer focused just on saving the life. He's taking a step back, looking at the entire surroundings, realize what's going on. And step eight, having changed, this is where Morty has changed. He's realized his lesson and he realizes what he has to do. He points the gun and he kills the alien gas, saving millions of billions of trillions of lives. So in that sense, we we realize that, yes, he saved the day. He's the hero. But that cost, that ethical cost that he's realized that in this world, killing an alien gas sometimes saves other lives, it, it messes with Morty's head. And we see this kind of trend happen every episode. There's always a heavy price every episode. There's always something changed in one of the characters to move their mindset towards the world, towards themselves, a little bit different. Now, for those of you who may not have seen Rick and Morty, I have a little bit of a better example that I think everybody can understand. They've probably all seen it. It's Toy Story, one of the greatest Pixar Disney films of all time. So again, we're going to be looking at step one. We're looking at the protagonist of the story. Who is our main character? And our main character is Woody. This is the step where we meet Woody and we see who he is with Andy. He's the favorite toy. He's, you know, the life of the party. He's everybody's favorite cowboy. And in step two, we realize that the character needs has a need. So what does Woody want? Well, whenever Buzz Lightyear comes in there, Buzz Lightyear is now the new favorite toy, and Woody misses that connection that he had with Andy. He thinks he's lost that, so Woody wants to become Andy's favorite toy again. So driving us into the action of step three, this is our go. This is where we need to go into the threshold, step over the veil, and turn Woody into an active protagonist. He has a want, and he needs to go get that. So what does he do? Woody knocks Buzz out of the window. The rest of the toys are upset. And what happens is Andy takes Woody, kind of, you know, he, not too thrilled about it, but Andy takes Woody to Pizza Planet. And of course, we do know that Buzz held on to the car and he went with them, and so they have this whole scene. So we have step four where we are searching, we're trying to go through these trials and tribulations and try to get back to what we want. So Woody still wants to get Woody still wants to become the favorite toy, and in order to do that, he has to get back to Andy because they were at the gas station. Him and Buzz had a fight. They were out of the car. They're in the gas station. Now they don't know what to do. So they both jump into the back of the Pizza Planet truck, same place that Andy's going. So they feel like they're going to go there, and they get there, and then they end up at Sid's house. This is this is really the trials and tribulations, the big chunk of the second act of the story where Everything is going down, and this step is pretty much one of the longest ones, but it kind of ends and accumulates where they find, you know, Woody and Buzz get together and they get trapped at Sid's house. So it's, it's kind of accumulated to this point where they're both together at Sid's house, kind of captured. 
In step five, Woody gets what he wants. He escapes from Sid's house. He ends up bonding with Buzz and they realize that, hey, they actually make a pretty good team and maybe they should work together. However, we run into step six. This is where, just like we said, we have to pay a heavy price. Now, thankfully, this movie doesn't have too deep of a price. You know, it's nothing like nothing nearly as bad as what (laughs) Rick and Morty was that we just talked about. But in this one, the problem is that when they're trying to get onto the moving truck, RC's battery dies. They're stranded. They're stuck in the street. They don't have any way to get there. They've lost. And this is where we as moviegoers or as, you know, consumers of the story think, what are they going to do? How are they going to get over this and win the day? And in order for Woody to win the day, to pay that heavy price, he has to humble himself and he has to ask Buzz for help. And he has to accept the fact that he's not alone and that Buzz is going to be there with them and that only together are they going to be able to end up back with Andy. And this price that he pays, again, is not as heavy as some of the other ones that we and other examples that we could look at, but it's enough that it starts to change the character. It's the it's his humility that he has to give up to change into the best version of himself. And so we get step seven where we're going back to the familiar situation where Woody and Buzz work together because they just learned how to. They're able to use the rocket on Buzz's back and they fly through the air and they make it into the truck and they return safely to Andy. So this is where they are now back in the familiar situation. They're with all their friends. They are back from their journey with Andy and the toys and their home. And finally, step eight is probably the most obvious of this whole step that we have talked about with this Toy Story example, because we've already learned what the change is. Woody has learned to coexist with Buzz, and there's no longer any fighting, and they realize that they can both be Andy's favorite toy. That Andy did not abandon Woody, but that together they make a great team, and Woody and Buzz can both be Andy's favorite toy. Of course, there are a million examples out there of stories that fit this whole criteria, and Dan Harmon claims that every single story can fit under this eight-step cycle. And of course, I have not looked at every single story to see if this checks out, but most of them that I've checked out does work. The Dark Knight, Inception, Star Wars, there are so many stories that we know and love that work under this structure. And again, if you're trying to write a story or just trying to understand how stories work themselves, maybe you just enjoy watching how something works on TV. The Dan Harmon Story Circle is an amazing example of how you can put a story together in a cohesive way that focuses on the change of a character. But again, you don't have to do this. I think George R. R. Martin has proved that you can make a very, very good writing career over not having a structure. I mean, I don't know how he does not have a structure with all the Game of Thrones, because I'm assuming he's going to have another four or five books. But with all the different characters and stuff he has, like, I would go crazy trying to remember all that stuff. But somehow he does it, and some people can. And for those of you who can't, Dan Harmon. So what I want you guys to do is think of your favorite story, whether it be a movie or a TV show, a book, video game, whatever, Find your favorite story and see if it fits this model. 
Take it step by step and see if you can knock down the story into these eight steps. And I promise you that in doing that a couple times, you will start to realize the structure that these stories take on, how similar they all are, and how you can use this in your own storytelling. But I know we can't wait for Kelly to be back for the next episode. We've got some amazing content lined up for you guys for this next month. And thank you so much for listening. Always remember to subscribe. Check us out on all of our social media accounts on our website, epicatharsis.com. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Catharsis. Check us out at our website, www.epiccatharsis.com, or you can check out our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought. We'll be back Sunday, so don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. Okay, bye!